feeling. Uh, Coke, mate. Did you go out today? No. I didn't know if you did. Jazz said your car wasn't there. But I think she was pranking me. Yeah, she was. <laughs> so I've been there all day. All right. This is the intro now. So let's get into the... What do you want to do first? Um, yeah, that, it's a flawless intro. Put that in black and white. You know how they do some channels do like the black and like what's yeah. to come? We've got to start doing that. You know, like in the later on in the episode. <laughs> All right. Oh, what do you want to start off with? I'm happy with that anyway. Look at that. It wasn't even a planned synchronization. All right, let's do... Um, I didn't even know what we do on this show anymore. I forget. Oh, actually... I saw breaking news in our break that we had. Um, oh, yeah. J. Cole has retired from features. Wait, actually? Yeah, he will no longer be doing features. So he says. He says yeah. that was the last... The one with... Um, was it Gangstar? I know he just recently really won, like, today, like a few hours ago. Was it yeah. Gangstar? I think it might have been... That does sound... The one right. is pretty good. <laughs> not even connected to the Wi-Fi. Even like my mobile data is shit at the moment. Yeah, Gangstar. I got one bar. His new... I got two bars. His new song, he says, This is the last feature you'll hear for me. Thank you to everyone I got to work with during this run. I wonder then, why. Yeah. And then he said, This song is a classic. Thank you. And then, yeah. There you go. Yeah, but I'm sure there'll be like a song that comes out uh, um, of him on the feature and he'll be like, oh no, that was from before I said that. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> so we'll have to see if that happens. Right, that would not surprise me. All right. But let's do your album review of a, an album. Eight hours later. Mate, it is hot in here. It is hot. Um... Oh my god. Four to six days later. It's right there. It is literally right there what it is. What's to start with? C. Is that the song or the... Is artist. that the album or the artist? Oh, Conway. Yep. Look what I became. I'm a genius. Alright. <laughs> what is on this album? Let me hear it. Uh, there's a lot, but at the same time, not much. Mm-hmm. Uh, Conway the Machine, which is a sick name, is not one for high energy songs. Yeah. Uh, fast flows he about. Shot, he got shot in the head. He did, mate. That's that is brought up in here. That's insane. I know. He got shot in the head, and he's still alive. Like and he still raps in his head, neck, and shoulder. He got shot. Yeah, he still raps. Yeah. He's got like that dysplasia thing or whatever it's called, where his bell's palsy. Like, yeah, that's it. Bell's yeah. palsy, where his face is off to the side. Yeah, but like. It doesn't affect his speech at all. Yeah, it, it, it probably did it, when it, it first does. happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it does when he's talking. Yeah. But not when he's rapping. Yeah, which is pretty cool. It's actually cool where you can't hear like speech impediments or accents when you're singing as well. That's really cool. Certain certain things, yeah. Oh well, yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Like I'm sure if a Scottish person tried to sing, it would sort of show yeah, you through. You can hear the difference between like West Coast and East Coast. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's not a part of your review. Get into it, mate. I need a burp, but I can't. There it is. Alright. So he's not one about fast flows about how much money he makes or shallow lyrics about perks and zannies. He's more one for cold bars about the truth of having to sell crack to get by. 
Lyrics about gang-related shootings delivered slowly, but with importance. Yep. This album did have quite a few cold bars all throughout. I'll share my two favourites. From the first song, No Women, No Kids, If I need a brick cook, I know the chef like Rizza. Stacking all this cream, they trying to inspect the method. Like, in those two lines, there's five references to the Wu-Tang Clan. Like the, you know, Chef is Raekwon's nickname, creator of the group. Cream, you know, the biggest song. Then there's two references to other Wu-Tang members, Inspect and Method. That's what about Jizza? Did he mention the name? It's what not, not, not Jizz? mentioned in there. Jizz is it in there? <laughs> That's just disrespectful to the, the man. <laughs> disrespectful to Jizz. Get a bit of Jizz in there, Conway. <laughs> and then my second favourite set of lyrics is from the song Hawks. Yeah, I see you neighbours trying to take the formula and make it cornier. I'm ornier. Don't make me call shorty up. He pickers 40 up. Shooting your coroner up. No, shooting your corner up. Send you for a ride with the coroner. And then he hits his favourite. Boom, 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 boom. Ad lib. Uh, it was actually a very short album. Nine tracks, two of which were skits. Um, and it made up a total of 28 <coughs> minutes. The first skit was a weird kind of homage to Owen Hart. I think you would know who that is. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's a one half of the, the Hart brothers, a wrestling duo. Yeah. Bret Hart is the other half, mate. What a nice little beast. <laughs> he's Canadian. Put, this... you in the, put you in the sharpshooter, mate. You're, <laughs> You're dead if you get put in that. I put uh, Gabby in the Mike Wazowski. You know how Randy like makes his arms go like the 10 o'clock to the 2 o'clock. <laughs> I do that to her. Mate, <laughs> that should be a legitimate wrestling. <laughs> That's a good one. She doesn't like it. So, is Owen Hart dead? Owen Hart, I... Is he? Uh, this this is get made it sound like it is, but I don't I know, know if he is. Owen Hart, yeah. No, he is. I think he died in the ring. Oh, actually? I think, yeah. I could be thinking of someone else. I think he fell from, like, really high up and died, like, while it was being televised. Jesus, that's pretty crazy. Is yeah. It? Owen Hart died Owen in Hart the ring? Owen Hart died... May 23, 1999, due to injuries suffered following an equipment malfunction yeah. and subsequent fall from the rafters yeah. of Kemper Arena in think, Kansas City. I think he... Because I, I was only That's three insane. years old when that happened. But I think, from what I know, he came down from the from the top during his matches. Yeah. It's like that was his entrance and it just malfunctioned and he fell all the way. Oh, my God. Yeah. And, yeah, it was, was being like televised yeah. on a like I, pay-per-view I, event. I knew that someone did do that. And, Jeez, that's you know, insane. I thought it was. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's just like two commentators basically saying, you know, like, uh, uh, they're sort of talking about a controversy recently and they're just asking one of the Hart brothers, they don't say which one, right. like, how has this affected your family? It's obviously been very hard. Yeah. Maybe he was talking to, to, Brett. to Brett, yeah, about okay. that. Imagine if you got like the actual commentators of when it happened. I think to be honest, it it is just like he's taken the audio. Yeah. Because it, it does sound quite old and like grainy audio. Yeah. So, I'm not sure. I don't know, but I thought that was a weird kind of skit because I don't know what if Conway has much to do with wrestling. He does. Yeah, him and um, Westside Gun have a lot of wrestling references. 
in that oh, fair in enough. stuff. So, um, and then the other skit was just him talking about the time that he was in his car and it was shot up. Like he just said he was just like leaving from having dinner one night. Right. He is sitting in his car for a few minutes, just talking about to start up the engine, and then it just Bullet gets fire. fired up. And uh, yeah, he get, said he got shot in the back of the head, the neck, and the shoulder. And that's why his face is all fucked up. And, um, yeah, he said, like, he like this is a quote, he said, that's why I look like this. Yeah. So, but in the background of him saying that as well, there's, like, an old song of his playing, and it sounds like he's in a car. Like, it sounds like it's coming from a car stereo. Oh, it's from, I don't remember the song, but I, knew, I do know it's from Rejects 2. There you go. Um, there were also a few, like, little maybe disses throughout the album as well. On Vino D, which features El Camino, Jim Jones, and Dave East. Oh, Jim Jones is part of the Nitro game. <laughs> yes, mate. Don't He's come been and outed. Get, don't come and get me. I'm just relaying the message to 6ix9ine. <laughs> yeah, go, go get 6ix9ine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, on that track, Conway says, uh, riding with that Drake, but it ain't Aubrey Graham. There you go. So I, I don't know if he has beef with Drake or not, but, or whether it's, but like he laughed after that as well. Like he might just be laughing at his name, yeah, like Aubrey Graham. It's just a gun bar. But like, Aubrey Graham, that is a funny name. I don't yeah. know, could be a bit of a thing. And the, the, the laughing is what really sort of made me think the, that. And Drake has that song. Are you riding? Mm. <laughs> that might be it, actually. Um, the best flows on the album, though, would have to go to half of it. Uh, in the first half, he has like a very meek milk kind of in style. The first half of half of it. Yep. <laughs> so it, in the what quarter, confusing... <laughs> um, he has like a, a very meek milk kind of style. Like it's very sort of Wait, fluid. Is the song called Half of It? Yes. Oh, I thought you were talking about the first half of the album. No, no, no. no. There's a, the best flows that would have to go to half of it, which is a track on there. So the track. I so believe it's the, in the first half. Not the first half of the album. <laughs> but half of it is in the first half. So there you go. But the first half of half of it... The song. Yes. <laughs> goes hard on a Meek Mill level. It does. Like, yeah. You know how Meek Mill sort of like has that very fluid style lyrically? Yeah. Like he doesn't yeah. have sort of set syllables. It's kind of like that. Um, he says, uh, new Lambo truck I'm, and I'm steering it. I showed a lot of neighbors love, but that same love never gets reciprocated. Even when I put neighbors in position, helping neighbors get situated, change your whole living situation. But that's just what real neighbors do. If you're my bro, just know I'll take the shirt off my back and I'll give it to you. Which is a hard dope, about, hard, hard dope, a <laughs> hard line about love. There you go. Which we need more of. Oh yeah, I thought that was actually pretty cool. Um, and then later in the verse, he does like a nice little switch up to like, bitches can't hear that Maybach engine revving up. I ain't got the fuck. Oh, you sound like 360. That up. You sound like you're 360 doing this. I'm going to try and. Sick rap. <laughs> I can't really remember the flow too well. I'll just look up half of it. I don't know where it says Maybach. Yeah. So it's a much more sort of standard flow. Yeah. And there's a brrrr. But yeah, so that was actually a nice little switch up. It's because he's very low energy and he just basically talks a lot of the time. So like, um, 
Oh, earlier when I said uh, my like favorite, one, oh, one of my favorite lyrics, he says it like, "Yeah, I see you neighbors trying to take the formula and make it cornier. I'm mornier. Don't make me call shorty up." Like he's just that's his style. He just talks basically. Yeah, and it it does sound cold in his voice, but that right. was a nice little little switch up You're there. Sweating. You're sweating, mate. It is hot. I'm not sweating. How yet. are you wearing that? I'm not sweating yet. Mate, this summer's going to be shit. Mate, I'm, I'm telling icy. you that. I'm icy. Mate, we need to like get a, a fridge in this or something. Leave the door open. Need to get some ice cubes. Put your head in that esky, mate. Oh, people can't see the esky. Yeah. <laughs> um, or chili bin if you're in New Zealand watching. Or cooler. Cooler, if you're yep. In, in America. Is that what they go. call it? I think so. A cooler? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it does keep things cool. It does. <laughs> but I don't know if it's a bin. Like it's, it's, it's chilly, but it's not a bin. It's a chilly bun. Um, uh, Tito's Back, which is another song, it has both sides of the coin. It's both good and bad at the same time. It features Benny the Butcher and West Side Gun. Um, in the first half, it has Benny and Conway going bar for bar, and that is cold. Um, got an app on my phone, it's how I start the motherfucker. Gone on my hip, got to aim like an archer. I've got to aim like an archer, motherfucker. I'll be slinging through New York like Peter Parker, motherfucker. That's hard. That's a dope line. That is hard. <laughs> that is. But West Side Gun's part is terrible. Yeah, and that's just West Side Gun. I bet you it's good if... No, no, no. I, I have heard West Side Gun before. And I like it. And he starts it off with, I don't even have to rap, which is a cool line. But then he just ruins it by like what he does for the rest of it. Oh, uh, Tito's back. So it's a pretty cool beat. This is the whole, like this isn't the intro of his first. Yeah, that's, that's pretty that is, I've heard that song before by Westside Gun, basically. Yeah, but like... Yeah, he's, he's released very similar stuff to that. It's so uninspired. Like, he's not talking more often than he's talking. I have heard Westside Gun's music before. Some, some of his stuff's like that. Some people like that, some people don't. So if you do... No, I don't. I don't rate that. Um... Yeah, I, I didn't like that. Uh, the very last song, You Made It, features Amber Simone. Haven't heard of her before. Right. Uh, it's about a girl who has raised two kids by herself after the baby daddy was killed. Raven Simone? Is that what you said? No, Amber Simone. Oh, you said Raven Simone. That's a chick off arm. That's a Raven. <laughs> <laughs> that Disney show or Nickelodeon, whatever it was. Disney, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah, after this chick's baby daddy was killed, she raised two kids by herself. And he was just commending her on how hard she's worked. Right. And then does like a little shout out to all the girls out there going through similar things. Sure. I don't know if he relates to that in his personal life, but that was very like out of place for the rest of the album. I don't really know why he chose to do that. You know what was going down? No. Right. <laughs> and uh, the last thing he says on that song is, I think you're brilliant. I think you're uh, brilliant. There you go. It's a powerful <laughs> message right at the end there. Uh, overall, production was pretty low-key, and it gave the, the stage to Conway to make the project great. It was quite airy and often had like sort of vocal samples. Um, there was actually just one song, though, where the production just like shone through. 
Uh, that track is Black Spoons. It's which is obviously a Rusty Spoons. <laughs> Mate, that's a reference <laughs> I've heard in ages. They need to get a song called Rusty Spoon. <laughs> so Black Spoons obviously refers to cooking like crack on it. Cooking, cooking up dope in a crock pot. No, cooking up dope with a spoon. So, it's featured by DJ Muggs. This is like... You can hear the, like, didgeridoo sort of noise, like the... Imagine if they did use a didgeridoo. There. Yeah. So, like, over his very slow, cold voice, that just sounds fucking dope. Like... Speakers on phones aren't very great, but like listening to it in the car, like it is amazing. Um, I think this Bigham's or this album's biggest downfall is replayability, mm-hmm. because the production takes a sort of step back and gives the stage to Conway. He's forced to bring something worth listening to over and over again, like every single song, every verse, every like part of the way right. through the whole album, like. Right. And obviously, he's not going to be able to do that. Yeah. I don't think any rapper would be able to do that for a whole album. Yeah. Like, it's very rare. Um, there's only a couple of songs in here. I would listen to it again. Like, uh, Black Spoons being one of them. Maybe Tito's Back, just because of hearing, like, Conway and Benny go back and forward. But even then, I would, like, skip it when West Side Gun comes in. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the tracks are really good. But, yeah, a little too slow and light on content most of the time to warrant wanting to listen to it again so i'm rating this one a six out of ten there you go six out of ten because it is really good and it's worth a listen but it's not worth listening again there you go not worth the re-listen yeah how long was your review last week like 25 fucking minutes we spoke about that this one was like 20 minutes oh plus like the intro and everything as well and i started recording on there before the camera and like yeah oh well that's probably close to like 15 But yeah, no, yeah, that's about 19 minutes minus the intro. Yeah, probably like 16 minutes or something. Yeah. Yeah, no, last week my review was, it was, it was huge. Long. Yeah. You told me it was going to be a short one this week. I was expecting like 10 minutes. <laughs> no, <that's right> again. <laughs> All right. Well, I did Amir Vans. Now, I don't know what this is actually called now because. What do you mean? On the album, I didn't even pick this up on. I think this. The final song or the second last song, um, Plastic or what was it? What's the second last song called? Um, what is it called? Sunday Night. I, he says the night, na- he says Emmanuel, but he says it differently. He says it like Emmanuel. Oh. So I don't know. Maybe I was just, yeah, he says Messiah here, I'm Emmanuel. Maybe he was trying to. Like twist it to twist make it, it rhyme? Yeah, I don't know. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about this album, which, um, whether you agree with Amir or not, he definitely has his uh, his own side of the story. And uh, Brockhampton has their own side, and their fans have definitely chosen. I think there's a lot of toxic fans out there yeah. um, for Brockhampton that are against... Um, Amir, and I do know a lot of fans, and I've seen a lot of fans actually just come out and not worry about it. Like, this is Brockhampton now, this is Amir now. And one of the things, one what someone suggested was they should just take him off all the songs and then just put Brockhampton featuring Amir. Just have it as like the group, but then oh, yeah. have him featured because then he's not in the group anymore. But 
Um, I think this album is a bit more ambiguous towards the uh, the references to Brockhampton rather than um, Dearly Departed, which was very um, explicit, very mm. obviously against Amir. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about those songs um, on this album, like Los Angeles um, and like Plastic, where he really goes into it. But all the politicking and all the choosing sides behind are beside. I actually think this is a really good album, um, EP rather. Um, the How beats, long is it? Sorry to interrupt. Six, six tracks. I think it's yeah, about I thought 18 it was short. minutes or something like that. Um, it is quite short, but um, definitely worth a listen. Definitely. Um, if you can fit in 18 minutes of your life or 20 minutes of your life, definitely go out and listen to it while you're making a sandwich or driving to work or whatever <laughs> you're doing. Definitely worth a go. But Is the, it sandwich eating material? Yeah. You bob your head to okay. eating the sandwich then, yeah. <laughs> Um, the beats did leave a little to be desired. He actually did get some really good producers on here um, because he still is signed to RCA, um, which is who Brockhampton signed with, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, like, I'm pretty sure they're still signed to the same label. Um, but he is now working with... Um, what, what's... Is it Winston Wolf? I think he's working with Winston Wolf LLC. Yeah, Winston Wolf LLC, which... I believe from what I've read, there's not much about them. Like you can't even Google them. So from what I've read and from sort of what I'm seeing around is that they work with artists that are sort of perceived negatively in the oh, okay. media and they sort of try and bring them back. Um, so he's oh, definitely uh, going in the right direction, I think. Yeah. If that's true, like that could be wrong. That's just what I've uh, I've read. Um, and I mean, that's a pretty cool um, yeah. organization if it is. Um, but I can sort of tell that Amir has never done beat selection. I assume okay. Kevin or uh, Champion or or even Jaden Smith has helped with the yeah. Brockhampton beat selection um, because he he doesn't pick um, many expansive beats. They're all very uh, hollow, very skeletal, very um, stripped back, very bare. Like the first track, um, Emmanuel, is just like a dun 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 dun. Like, it's just, like, a baseline. Okay. Like, that's all it is. Nothing. There's no layers. Oh, wow. Like, it, there is obviously layers, but, like, that's, like, the main piece. Like, you can't yeah. really hear yeah, anything There's not else. much past that. Yeah, exactly. Um, and he, he dwells heavily on his past, obviously. This album feels like a, a, a look back at what he's done. It's very dark. It's talking about drugs, talking about um, his mental health problems. He does say he is bipolar on this. I don't know if that's true. Um, he's, he talks about living in hospitals. He talks about um, being institutionalized um, and things like that. And obviously one of the overarching themes is that he feels wronged by Brockhampton. Um, mm. And he does say that, and I somewhat agree, if he wasn't famous, no one would care yeah. um, about what he did because he was 18 at the time. She was 17, which is legal um, in Texas where he was. But I think it just got blown way out of proportion. And obviously, yeah. the, the robbing thing aside, yeah. which I don't... We still... Is that confirmed? I'm not sure. Maybe it has been confirmed. I think... Well, as far as I know, we've only heard about it from Brockhampton members. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I'm I don't not know sure. if Amir's even addressed it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure on that either. But... And he does say... Um, I'm going to read some lyrics out later. But, yeah, he does say that he thinks his friends left a bit too easily. Um, oh, yeah. Which could happen. And... I think the fans definitely, the cancel culture. Yeah. If they didn't get rid of Amir, the whole group could get cancelled, much like yeah. 
Amir did. So I think they did it for the greater good. And I think that <laughs> Amir sort of said, like, if we weren't big, you'd still be my friends. Like, if we weren't famous and this happened and someone told you like that, like, yeah. you know what I mean? So, and I guess it has its own part. Like, obviously, they're a, they're a group and they're in the public eye. They don't want that to be a part of them. But either way. Yeah. Um, And I think that this album obviously is going to be, this EP is obviously going to focus on lyrical delivery and lyrical content. That's what Amir is all about. Yeah. I think that he's had the hardest verses of the Brockhampton saturation era. Um, and the hardest one, line, like the first song we ever hear um, is off Heat. The, the song Heat on Saturation 1. The first line that we hear is Amir Van saying, uh, where did I write it? I don't know it, but I just want to don't, don't want to get it wrong. He's like, I got pipe dreams of crack rocks, crack rocks and stripper poles. That's just hard. Yeah. That's just like straight up hard when he comes in. And, and I think, honestly, this album, this EP, I keep calling it an album. It's the same thing, basically. This EP feels more inspired and more, um, more like sort of, more energy has gone into it than anything Brockhampton's released since the Saturation Trilogy. I yeah. think that I would prefer to listen to this over Ginger and Iridescence easily. Like, I think that those two albums are severely lacking creative flair um, and just like, a, and the hard-hitting edge. Like the, I just think it's no, nowhere near as good as this. Amir sounds hungry. He sounds like he wants to get back in the game and he's really putting everything um, into his music, which he talks about on the album too. Um, I don't think he could carry this for 60 minutes, 65, 70 minutes, um, like a lot of full-length feature albums are going to be doing, um, like your Kanye West's um, Chance the Rapper, unfortunately, um, and other things. Even Brockhampton had pretty long albums, Yeah, have had long albums recently, so I don't think he can do it for 45, 60, and, and plus. Well, Ginger um, was about 50 minutes. Yeah, exactly, but... For the 20 minutes, he captured my attention and, yeah, was really great at what he did. Um, he opens the album, a manual, introspective track. Uh, the the beats don't suit him on this, but he reflects on his past um, and the consequences of what happens and what he's going through now. He actually, it sounds like he's making excuses at, at one point in the song. He says, he says uh, I'm a product of my mistakes. And then he lists them. He says... Uh, where, where did I write it? I'm all over the place right now. <laughs> uh, he says, uh, I'm an addict like my sister. I'm a product of my father. I'm sick and I need a doctor. And he and he sort of goes on like that. Um, and it's... The, but there's a really powerful passage right at the end um, that I'm going to read the lyrics for if I can find my uh, Firefox. Here we go. Um, is this it? Yeah. Um, he says, my sermon is delivered, rolling swishes, writing scriptures, many pains and many issues. This is my written crucifixion. I'm a singer-song of David. I remember Wayne and Baby. I done seen them neighbors leaking, screaming, Jesus, come and save me. I don't know if I'm going to make it. I just know that life ain't easy. Getting harder while I'm breathing. Neighbors die inside of beamers. They don't even need a reason. Guns cl- get to clapping, get to squeezing. Neighbors killing, it ain't easy. Rent due and it ain't easy. Calling out his name, but he ain't breathing. Mama crying, it ain't easy. Hard times, it ain't easy. That is dope. That's hard. Um, yeah, and then again, earlier on in the song he says, um, I saw violence in my home. I seen shit I can't forget. I got anxieties and tendencies and memories repressed. 
Rip this shit up off my chest, put the bullets in the clip, press the muzzle to my face and pull the trigger. Now I'm... And then he just like blanks out. Obviously, oh, yeah. the word dead there. Um, and then, it's so hard to end it all. I just want to make it right. It's so hard to live it all. All these obstacles in life made it hard for us all. Made a fuck up on my life. I'll give anything at all to take back a little time. So, really good stuff on that. Um, Los Angeles talks about... Um, he talks about the band, Brockhampton. Okay. Uh, he does say... Um, on this, basically, he's saying that Los Angeles was the root of all these issues. He says that when he went to Los Angeles, he signed a deal, which he lost his innocence on. His friends um, left in Los Angeles. He fell in love in Los Angeles, and he lost himself in Los Angeles. He was no longer himself. He can lose himself in Los Angeles. Exactly. It's like uh, Gucci Mane's The, the Source talk. He got, he got lost in the source. Los Angeles instead. Yeah, and that's where the line is. I made main. I made major changes to myself. I'm still a danger to myself. Still might grab the stainless off the shelf, which is just hard. Yeah. Um, but I do have the song. I actually time stamped it this week so I could find exactly what I wanted. Look at that. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> That's onto it. Preparation. I am onto it. <laughs> this is the song Glock 19, which has been touted as the best on the album, and I do believe it is um, as well. Um, it goes extremely hard and yeah my favourite on the album definitely okay. my top 10 of the year too it is I'm going to give it a listen on my, my drive home then yep I'm going to play it now though alright no I'm, I'm in the whole album yeah, yeah. so I'm going to play it from about 1.45 and then uh, I'm not sure how long I'll play it for <laughs> really yeah I see what you mean about the production yeah Oh. I like this. That's a hard line yeah. too. It says, my heart's still heavy. I've been looking for my friends. Yeah. Everybody leave everybody in the end, which is hard. Yeah. Um, and then we have the two final tracks because there's only six and I've already run through four. Um, Saturday, ah, oh, Saturday night. That's a Khalid song. It's a good song. Uh, <laughs> Sunday night. Uh, this one, he's just sort of talking shit on this one. It's not really uh, all that... Uh, enticing don't really like it too much it's just quite um bare quite um i actually didn't talk about pop trunk which is an ode to dj screw from houston which is where amir um grew up and was sort of reps a lot i don't know if he was born there but i know he reps it a lot um yeah it's and it has a pimp c sample right at the end uh chopped and screwed with him sort of remixed into it but wasn't a bad song a lot of people didn't like it because of the beat it's very um like samey to literally every other trap song that's out there i'll play it um i wonder if this if i go back yeah this is the beat like this is not a mere van music no especially not under that line yeah 
Yeah. It's a cool sounding beat, but not for that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like a pretty stock standard uh, um, trap beat, so mm. nothing too great on that one. Yeah, sun, um, Sunday night, not all that special either. I wasn't a, um, not the biggest um, fan of it, but I did like the, if I can find the line. Yeah, here it is here. Um, so the final verse, I did like the final verse. So he says, neighbors supposed to stick up for their family, but we see they don't. I got all that gutter and that meaning that they fiending for. Neighbors supposed to stick up for their brothers, but we see they don't. So obviously talking about Brockhampton there. Yeah. And he says, I got all I that, like that gutter and that meaning as in like, he's like the missing link of Brockhampton. Like yeah. they're missing sort of that cutting edge. So not the cutting edge, but like that hard edge, like yeah. where they push it right to the boundary. Yeah. Because that's what makes music great. When you push yeah. it right to the edge and people are like, is he going to do it? Yeah. Like Eminem is the greatest example of that. Oh, like he went so, yeah. he went too far, but because of how good he was, people kept moving it back. They were like, yeah. oh, no, he can do that. And then he went further again, and then they're like, oh, okay, he can do that. Um, that's why he's not getting away with it now, because he's not as like popular anymore. Yeah. He got he got roasted for um, dropping the homophobic slur, yeah. which he said, I don't know, hundreds of times in the past. 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah and exactly. it was never an issue. But yeah. then again, I suppose now that like awareness the, is yeah, much higher. Yeah, yeah. The, but the even then, it, it still wasn't yeah, exactly. widely accepted back then. Yeah, exactly. So I think that they, they are missing Amamir, definitely. Yeah. And I think they'll look at this album, this EP, and say, like, yeah, that's, that's good we stuff. That. Like, yeah. If we could have that, Without the controversy, but, yeah, like, <laughs> that's exactly what they would say. Like yeah. If that, if that, if that never happened, right, in a bubble, yeah, I think Brockhampton was like took off, and then they just have sort of petered out, and now they're going back down again. I think they could keep going up with Amir. Yeah, I, I don't think Amir was the most talented in the group. I think that's still Kevin Abstract. Yeah, but um, he think, he did bring something to yeah, it. Yeah, I think I said last year on the previous show when I was talking about Brockhampton. I said that the only two that I can see having a legitimate solo career were Amir Van and yeah. Kevin Abstract. And it's true. I don't think Matt Champion, if you showed me him, I wouldn't know who it is. A picture of him. Like no, he's, no, just like. A, he's just like oh, a... Black Bear might be able to. I feel like they're just like, at this point, they're just like the band. Yeah. They're just like, they're not like their own people. But Amir, and, and he actually um, alludes to that. He says, I'm more than a boy in a band. I am, there's more to me as a man. Or something oh, like, I like that. that. He does say that. Um, which is obviously a re- reference to Brockhampton being called yeah. a boy band and wanting to be called a boy band as well. Mm. Um, but yeah, really great album. Um, and then, yeah, Plastic, he just sort of... Um, he talks about people want all this plastic stuff, but he wants chrome, as in guns and yeah. things like that. And it was a really great... Um, really great end. It's, a, it's an unapologetic sort of this is my life this is what happened I'm going to own my part of it but I'm not going to let Brockhampton and um, certain members of the media or other artists get away with what they've said about me I'm going to say my past um, I'm going to let it all out there I'm an addict I'm uh, mental health I have mental health health issues um, and yeah it's coming coming to the to the forefront and yeah that's it basically I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10 Ooh. Definitely worth a listen. Um, there's four songs out of six that I will listen to again. Pop okay. Trunk and Sunday Night, maybe not. But again, like I said, Glock 19 is 
in my top 10 of the year. So definitely, okay. if you can get in the top 10, like one song, you're yeah. probably doing pretty well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to say about that. Definitely go and check it out. Yeah, matter I will. And yeah, I hope everyone enjoys it as much as I did. <laughs> that's so wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> all right, what else do we have? Do we have your... Um, uh, yeah, we can jump into my Discog dive if you want. Yeah. And disclaimer, we're oh. going to do the rap region together next week. Yep. The final one. Do you want to do East Coast or West Coast? You can choose, mate. Well, I've never heard to either of them. Which one do you prefer? All right, I'll do the East Coast and you can do the West Coast. Okay, that sounds good. There you go. So next week we'll Is do... Is Biggie East or West? Uh, East. Yeah, okay. Wait, so which one am I doing again? You said East, I'm pretty sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Rob's going to do the West Coast. Yep. And I'll do that. So that's next week. So we're... We're we'll a segment have a big short, week next week. But do you, do you have a... Um, I do have a Discog dive. And you have a question? I do, actually, oh, yeah. I do. Okay, so let's get into this and then the question. All right, that sounds good to me. So my Discog dive... Oh, we've also got Song of the Year coming oh, yes. up later as well. Yeah. My Discog dive was on Earl Sweatshirtius. Oh, there you go. I know you're a, you're a fan of uh, his first ever album. I believe it's in your top 10 of all time. Is that correct? Which album? Doris. Nah, I didn't put that in there. You sure? Yeah, no, definitely. I know you like it a lot. Yeah, it's good, but yeah. I definitely didn't put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so when I was reviewing Conway earlier, I mentioned that with his airy beats, he has to bring something extra to the table. That is what Earl does very well. He also does very well over production-heavy beats mm-hmm. when there's a, a lot going on. Uh, a lot of the time he produces for himself, which, you know, as we all know, gets better results. Uh, and he usually works with other people as well. So on production, there'll be him and someone else. Yeah. Uh, his producer name is Random Black Dude, which is pretty funny. Uh, the beats he raps oh, yeah. over actually remind me a lot of Kanye. Not in the sense that they sound the same, but like the fact that they're very artistic. They're quite different to most other beats. They have a reason for being like the way that they are. <laughs> I saw that. <laughs> Just put my drink in the, in the mic. <laughs> do you want another one as well? Mm. You do? What are you feeling? Mm-mm. Not a Coke? Mm. Yeah, shot auntie. I would just pull them out of nowhere. <laughs> I just he puts his hand down there and it's like a magnet. Yep. <laughs> the fridge door opens and just comes flying across. Mate, how actually dope would having like Magneto's power be? I don't know who Magneto is. I'm sure he's from he has like some sort the X Men. Magnetic power yeah. from his name. But well, like telekinesis would be about it because that would work on everything, not just metal. Oh, this is only like metal stuff. Yeah. Oh, that makes sense. But like, okay, how dope would it be to be Matilda? Matilda. I'd love to be Matilda. I want to be Miss Crunchball. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be from the Joker. <laughs> she's that beast. What was she like? She lifts shot? up the car. <laughs> That's the real power. What's the um? What is a sport? Hammer throw or some shit yeah. like that? What a beast! A like, shot put, that, something like that. She grabs that chick by the pigtails and like yeah. flings it. <laughs> Makes a guy eat the whole cake by himself. Oh, what a scene! I'm going to watch that movie. This shit's actually lit. <laughs> That's a good movie. But getting on. Oh, I spilled my drink. Uh, a good example of the more sort of low-key beat that Earl does would be Hive. As we all know, that's a banging truck. Like, that has to be one of my favourite Earl Sweatshirt 
tracks of all time. Yeah. So I'll play it and keep talking. So this is how low key the beat is. It's literally just a bass line with hats. He works with really good producers. Yeah. Like bad, bad, not good. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously himself, Mac Miller. He worked with a lot as well. So yeah. But like, and this bit here. The sort of chorus, oh, oh, that's the only melody. Yeah. There's no other layer to the melody. Oh, fuck with no ups. <laughs> it's, that's a great track. But, um, yeah, just last week you dissected uh, verses or Vince's verse on it. Um, versus Vince. <laughs> yeah, it's an incredibly simple beat. And like Conway, Earl doesn't bring a whole lot of energy. Yeah, he's, he was just talking like we heard. Yeah. But what separates him from Conway is bars like, with that fucking flow, that's just so belittles, man. They tentatively turn to, tend to turn and go when I am finished. Stone Cold hardly fucking with these neighbor, neighbor, listen. Their description doesn't fit. If not a synonym of menace, then forget it. In turn, these critics and interns ah, admitted the shit. Spitted, just burn like six furnaces, writ it affixed. Learning them digits and simultaneously dispelling one trick pony myths, isn't he? That's... Stuck That's in my head. That dope. In turn, these critics. In <laughs> turn. Yesterday, I had it stuck in my head all day. It's such like that's really clever wordplay all throughout the whole song. Yeah, you know what um, Earl actually did say about Vince, and I didn't say this last week. I did say that he thought Vince was one of the greatest rappers, but did he wrote it in fifteen minutes? Yeah, no, I did say okay. that last week too. But <laughs> I, he said that Vince says the most shit in the shortest amount of time. Like he doesn't even, he says Vince doesn't even rap fast. He just sort of says everything and doesn't breathe. I think that's what Earl does. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. Like, I, just, I struggle to read all that, but yeah. when you listen to him, yeah. he's just talking like I was, but yeah. he just. Yeah, Vince does it. Yeah. I agree, especially on the track Hive as well. But I think Earl does that even better. Like, he just talks. Earl, I don't even think Earl's a rapper. At this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, he just talks. Yeah. He's, like a, he's like a poet sort but of. But he doesn't breathe while doing it. Yeah. Um, and then on tracks like Burgundy, I'll play that as well. The tracks... No, it's produced by Bad Bad, not good. Mate, it is. I'm pretty sure. Or Pharrell Williams? No, Bad Bad, not good. And Random Black Dude, who is Earl. Oh, there you go. Um, Pharrell did do one thing. Yeah. So this is very heavy production. The, the drums are huge. And... He doesn't go as hard lyrically. The wordplay isn't as hard, but he focuses more on storytelling in this one. And yeah, it's really, really good production. But um, that song in particular, he says that his grandma's close to death, but he hasn't seen her for ages because he's focusing on his album. Hearing everyone around him just saying, when's new music coming out? Drop a song. Uh, Chum, for example. The beat is just some dark piano keys with a distorted bass line and drums. And Earl is back with some fucking excellent wordplay and storytelling. <laughs> Mama often was offering peace offerings. Think wheeze, cough, scoffing, and he's off again. Searching for a brig but searching for a big brother. Tyler was that. And plus he liked how I rap. The blunted mice in the trap, too black for the white kids and too white for the blacks. From honor roll to cracking locks up off them bicycle racks. I'm indecisive, I'm scatterbrained and I'm frightened. It's evident in them eyes where he hiding all them icicles at. Yep. 
And as far as features go on this project, for the most part, they are amazing. Obviously, Vince Staples was good twice. Yep. Uh, Mac Miller, Tyler the Creator twice, Domo Genesis twice, Casey Veggies and Frank Ocean were all amazing. Uh, the two that I weren't a big fan of was SK LaFleur, who was on the first track. Um, he just seemed like a bit of a simpleton next to Earl, but I think like 80% of people would. Uh, and then RZA. And only RZA because it was like a three-line hook and one of the lines repeated. Yeah. So like we just need more of him. RZA produced that song too. Yeah, he did. Well, um, Earl produced every single song, but like co-produced with like a different producer for each track. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so yeah, that's my uh, dissection of Doris. Now moving on to I Don't Like Shit, I Don't Go Outside, an album by Earl Sweatshirt. Yep. Which I think has to be like in the running for the longest album name of all time. I'm sure there's one that's like fucking longer. I bet someone's made that. Like, like just as a main. Huge one, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just to have it. Yeah. <laughs> um, the first four songs are just solo Earl. Self-produced, no features, only written by him. They're a much darker vibe, and he seems to like like the pitched down drums, where they're much like slower, and a very slow melody. Uh, and it does suit his voice very well. Um, although his lyricism is a bit weaker on these tracks, he's getting much more personal with lines like, um, focused on my chatter, ain't as frantic as my thoughts. Lately I've been panicking a lot, feeling like I'm stranded in a mob, scrambling for Xanax and out the canister to pop, never getting out of hand, steady handling my job. But it, it does feel like something is missing there in those four songs. I don't know what it is. There's just something that's not there. Like my jaw isn't dropping on every song like it was when I was listening to Doris. Uh, Off Top is the first track that isn't self-produced or like solo produced by Earl. It's done by Left Brain. Uh, it's a short one, under two minutes, but the producer had this um, little vocal sample in there just going, oh man, like every sort of line, line and a half. It kind of changed depending on where in the song it came up. Um, and that did add a little something extra to the song. I think if it wasn't there, the track wouldn't have been as interesting. And I don't think that that's the kind of thing that Earl would have put in there. And like in Doris, he was always working with someone on production. You know, there was never a track on Doris where it was just him producing. So I think maybe that's what it was missing. Just a little extra flair on the beat from another brain. But yeah, I don't know. That's fair. Uh, the very next track, Grown Up, features Dash and is solo produced by Earl. Uh, the two go line for line throughout the entire song, which also keeps it really interesting. But the beat is something else. The melody is like a synth with like a bit of wobble in there. Um, but the thing that really gives it a bit of extra spark is there's a noise at the end of every line. It sounds like moss getting zapped. Right. Or something like that. I'll, I'll see if I can get it up. Um, what's the song? Grown Up. I don't know how else to explain it. Oh, that's by Danny Brown. <laughs> So there's the wobble. I actually don't know where it is. There. It goes like... Tick, tick, tick. There. It's quite... It, it is pretty quiet. It was just after he said dad. Yeah. 
Yeah, it sounds kind of like a moth being zapped. <laughs> that's like... That's a random. No, but like that's sort of the closest thing I can put it to. I, yeah, fair enough. Like, I can, yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, and yeah, that just gave it like a little extra bounce. And yeah, it, it did really help it out. I really liked that track. Um, I also really liked the track Inside. Uh, unfortunately, it was really short as well, under two minutes. Um, he's very honest in like a really cryptic sort of way. Like his beats are very artistic and I think that, that shines through in the lyrics as well. Um, my favourite set of lyrics would have to be Friendly with the Chosen, the rest is getting the poker hand, face drinking smoker, it helped me duck when the emotion jab, fame is the culprit who give me drug without owning cash, sip until I melt, devil, try- devil trying me, I'm dodging fallen victim to myself, middle finger to the help, when it's problems I don't holler, rather fix them on myself. When it's looking like it's quiet for you, this the shit to yell. So like, friendly with the chosen, the rest is getting the poker hand. So like, he's going to reveal himself to people that he trusts. But the rest of them is just getting the poker face. Sure. Um, what's next? Fame is the culprit who give me drug without owning cash. So like, he's just given drugs. Yeah. And obviously he has quite a bad drug addiction problem. So he doesn't even have to pay for them anymore. Because he's famous, people just give them drugs so that so you know they can say, "Oh, I I'd smoked, you know, smoked weed with a Earl sweatshirt," which I'm sure a lot of people would would want. Yeah. So it, it is quite like it is very honest, but in a cryptic way that you've got to sort of like work for it to get to it. Yeah. Um, the last two tracks I wasn't really a fan of. I wouldn't consider them uh, conscious rap. As far as the features go as well, I only liked one of them, and that was Dash. Vince Staples on the last track was okay, but he can do way better. And then Wiki and Narkel. I didn't really like at all. Narkel had some good lines if you read them out. Like, uh, my bro left today. Fuck hot sauce and my cup of noodles. You taught me that. I ain't seen you in some years, and this some news right here. Almost made me have a heart attack. Your mama heart intact. We just spoke. I couldn't stomach that. And he ends it with like saying, I can't be sad. I know you're in a better place now. I know you're looking down on me with people by your side, that kind of thing. So on paper, he does have a really good verse, but just the way that he delivered it, it did not do it justice. Now moving on to his latest track, released late last year, Some Rap Songs. The opener, Shattered Dreams, is the perfect opener for this album. Earl absolutely smashed it out of the park. Um, He seems to be trying to help himself out this time round in this album. Uh, in the last album, which I just quoted, he said he didn't want to help himself out. Um, he said he, he doesn't want people... He doesn't want to let people know how bad he's struggling. But now he said he's trying his best to get sober. He's realised that he needs help. He hasn't said that he's gotten it yet, but he does seem to be much mature, much more mature in the way that he's analysing himself. Uh, the first lines in the first verse on the opener are... I said, peace to my dirty water drinkers. Psh, nobody trying to get it clean. Why ain't nobody tell me I was sinking? Ain't nobody tell me I could leave. So dirty water drinkers obviously refers to alcohol. Yeah. So he's now sober and he's like, why didn't you guys tell me I could do this before? Like you were, you were enabling me. Like you could have just said, you could have intervened and like helped me out. Yeah. Um, and not only is that super introspective, but it's got excellent wordplay in it. Like those, um, 
Like those charts where it says like, you know, introspective, clever, sounds good. Pick two. Right. And I was just going, nah, I'll take all three. All three, boom. Uh, Red Water is so fucking artistic. It's eight bars just repeated over and over again. It's under two minutes long, so you hear it three and a half times. On the, the fourth time, it like cuts out halfway through. But he's got like a Macbeth reference in there, um, which, you know, which rapper references Macbeth? She's crazy. Or like Red Water. That's obviously a Macbeth reference. Like he's sleepwalking with blood on his hands. Yeah. Um, I haven't decided yet if it's good or good artistic or bad artistic. There are 15 tracks on the album. Only three of them are over two minutes. And he does actually mention quite a few times in previous projects that he can't focus for very long, whether that be because he's under the influence or has like ADHD or some sort of form of that. Um, I think having the songs as like sort of short little skits, like little squirts of inspiration, it complements him really well. Yeah. And I feel as a whole, this album isn't really focused on him. Like the last two albums have heavily been focused on him and like sort of his, his dad leaving him right. You know when he was really young and he just needed that sort of approval. Whereas this one, it's not really about him. It's about other issues. Um, one of my favourite... Uh, lines is on the end of the verse in On The Way uh, dark face on the news clouds gray, clouds grey on the move on the way like the truth which is really good like dark face on the news obviously means that you know the media portrays black people to be evil yeah. like always committing crimes that kind of thing yep. um, yeah clouds grey on the move on the way like the truth like sort of he's he's coming basically he's coming he's coming baby <laughs> um it's really the only last two spoken tracks that are focused on him. You know, the rest of the other things are, the rest of the other tracks are focused on issues like, you know, racism or like, yeah. you know, self-help, that kind of thing. But yeah, only the last two spoken tracks are on him. I say spoken because the, the last track is instrumental. But those uh, two are super heavy. There's Playing Possum, which is a little skit. It's his mum just saying thank you to Earl and like acknowledging his growth. Yeah. Um, I won't go into detail because I do feel like the first time you hear about it should be hearing it. Yeah. Like I feel like if I say what she says, it's not as powerful. There's not the inflections in my voice that are in hers. That's fair enough. Mate. Um, it's the same with the last spoken track as well, Peanut. It's only like 14 lines long. Uh, so unfortunately, it, it doesn't last that long. It is over quickly. But it's about uh, yeah. not being supported for the dreams that he has. Um, you know, I won't yeah. say much, but like, yeah, his family was never there for him. Um, I feel like at a lot of points as well, this album is too smart for me. Like, I don't. Did you feel that way? Where like just like heaps of shit was going over your head? Nah, not really. Because I think I listened to a lot of music similar, like Mike, um, mm. Slosson Malone, guys like that. So I'll post mine. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, I think it definitely is. Uh, like hard to listen yeah, to, but in a good way. To, yeah. yeah, not an easy listen. But if you like Earl, if you like that type of music, like Mac Homie and yeah, Blue and and stuff like that. Yeah, you'll enjoy this album. Yeah, it, there are multiple times where I had to like replay a line like several times. Like, what is he actually meaning by that? Like, obviously yeah. he doesn't mean that at face yeah, value because yeah. it won't make any sense. Yeah. So you, yeah, it's not like background music. You do have to dissect it. Um, so as far as my top seven go, I. That's unfair. There's no fucking way I can pick seven Earl Sweatshirt songs. 
Yeah. Like... That is hard. My top three from I don't like shit, I don't go outside would have to be Huey, Grief, and Inside. But I cannot cut any fat off from the other two albums, so just go and listen to them. They're not that long to start with. And yeah, they are incredibly good, but only listen to them if you've got the time to sit down and listen. Otherwise, yeah, they'll just be lost on you. That is a good... um Good dissection. That's a good um, point right there. You should listen to this if you have the time to. Mm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, and don't like listen to half of it, go and do something, and then come back. Like it's, yeah, yeah it's a story. The One whole of my album is a story. From last year. Yeah. And they did get it on vinyl, which I have spoken about before. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> I like your review there. Thank you. Of the whole, <laughs> of the whole thing. All right, so time for my question. Yes. Well, oh, yes. What is your question? How important is looks in the hip hop industry? Not much. Not. You don't no. think so? Travis Scott, Post Malone. No, no, like in the way that they present themselves, not their face. Yeah. Like Post construction. Malone, I mean. But like the way that they dress. Like, how do you think? Not important because it's just so? a cycle. Like what Eminem was wearing huge pants and huge shirts and everything. Hmm. Like. So, the but visor on backwards and. But that's only if like, you are really good at what you do and make a whole change. Yeah, no, nah, I don't think. I think that music looks past appearance for the most part. Because like, you can be someone like Daft Punk. No one even knows what they look like and like. Yeah, but they still like, like dress like. Yeah, but like, if they didn't you would still be like, oh, they're really good at making music. Like, if you didn't know okay. who it was, and they were, like, fully anonymous. Yeah. Like, they never even went to award shows or anything. Like, okay, fair enough. Still so, like be... Shiloh, I suppose, actually. Yeah, exactly. Got no idea what gender that is, but, yeah. like, I don't know what they wear. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think that, like, um, yeah. I think that n- not much. Like, it pays to... It doesn't even pay because when you're good at rapping, you're going to get famous and you're going to get rich, like, um, and you're going to be able to afford things. But, like, people start out on the streets rapping yeah. and, like, become the greatest rappers ever. Like, Eminem obviously lived in a trailer park till it was like 27 or whatever yep. it was. Had whenever he garbage bag famous. full of clothes. Exactly. So, um, yeah, I think that, like, once you, if you're good, like, just because you dress good doesn't mean you can rap good. That is fair. Like if you if you look good, like you see, like have you ever seen Rice Gum? He's dressed up in all the hype. And <laughs> yeah, but he can't. KSI rap and all but that. But that's just a hype. That's not dressing well. Exactly, Rice Gum can't dress. Yeah, Rice Gum. Right. Well, <laughs> some people call him that. Uh, Rice Gum can't dress. I will say that. I, I think it it does play a, a bit of a part because, like, if I see. Uh, like a rapper and their bars are good and they're dressed like Will Ferrell I'm probably gonna like nah let's see that gives them more appeal you ever seen those guys on YouTube to do that like they like no. prank people they like dress oh up in like Uber nerdy. drivers yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, th- I have seen like a nerdy Uber driver yeah. rap hard and like some guys do, like, and some do like basketball like they'll be dressed up real nerdy and then they'll yeah. go hard on the basketball court or whatever so well, um, no, I don't think looks pays because when you record music, like, yeah. before you're famous, no one knows who you are. Like, if someone released, like, but, um, but then again, Iverson came out, right? Yeah. And no one, and he didn't release the video clip for, like, a year. Yeah. Like, it's like The weekend. He was, like, never photographed for, like, years. Yeah, which is so weird. Because he, but like, he felt, like, he felt 
self-conscious because he was a bit fatter than, and he's quite short too post yeah. um, the weekend. So he was well, a little bit chunkier. <laughs> well, post is a lot more. <laughs> post is a big follower. Um, but yeah, like no one filmed him and he had that crazy hair. That's obviously yeah um, on brand but now. But that, that's examples from going from nothing to something. Like not like a gradual sort of climb. Like Lil Dicky. He doesn't dress very well. Like, he doesn't spend a lot of money on clothes. Yeah, but he's not very well-known, though. Like, and he's not very good at rapping. Like, yeah. Like, if you're not good at rapping and you don't dress I good, think there's nothing to stand out. Like, if you can stand out and rap good, then, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Cause, like, That's Because, obviously, I can dress well, but I can't rap. <laughs> like, it doesn't... Like, one doesn't influence the other, I don't think. If you can rap, doesn't mean you can dress well. If you can dress well, doesn't mean you can rap. Yeah, okay. No, that's fair. I think it does help to dress well, but in the end... It- it doesn't matter. But it doesn't... Can we like, agree on that? Dr- yeah, but what does dressing well mean? Like, are you like, in like a sharp suit all the time? Because some no, people... No, no, like, like just... Dressing well. Like, you can match like colours and textures and styles yeah, well and cohesive. Yeah, a all black, you know? Like, they all like one tone. But then... And they have stylists anyway. Yeah. Except for Drake, no stylists. <laughs> no, that's Uzi. Well, I don't know, well, Drake maybe. That. Yeah, Drake has a song called No Stylist. Okay, Uzi has in his Instagram bio, No oh, Stylist. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe he wants to be on that song. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> um, that's with French Montana, I'm pretty sure. Um, that's where he says, like, check server stripes. I know he says that in sicko mode, but he says something else like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. He says yeah. something similar to that. Um, but yeah, I don't think so. But okay. when you get to, like, a certain point, then... There's an expectation, but I don't think it's... Yeah. Because, like, at that point, you're getting dressed by... When you go to the Grammys, these guys yeah, yeah. just go in, whatever, and then they get changed by people earning hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Probably not even that much. Unless you're Adam Sandler. Yeah. He just goes on brand. Like, t-shirt and shorts. Yeah, yeah, that's what he does. <laughs> Adam Sandler's the king. Like, no one can tell Adam Sandler what to wear. Like, if you're Adam Sandler... <laughs> yeah. What's he, like, says- Bill? He's got to be worth close to that. Because he owns, like, movie companies and stuff. Right? He does, like... Yeah, he is... He's in a lot more than just making shit movies. Like, he's planted himself in a lot of other areas. Yeah, he's got, like, Happy Gilmore Studios, right? That's his. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where he, like, he makes his own movies. Yeah, and he, like, sort of... It's like a record label, but for, like, movies. Yeah. They, like, scout out, yeah, like, and talent. Yeah, I know he has courtside seats to the Lakers every yeah, year. Yeah. So like they're like close to they'd be in the hundreds of thousands. And he's got a very fitting net worth. What is it, sixty nine? No, four hundred and twenty million. Yeah. <laughs> that I'm not surprised. That's a lot of money. <laughs> that is like for someone that's legitimately in shit movies. Yeah. <laughs> if you can name like, a good Adam Sandler movie, I'll be impressed. <laughs> I think uh Fifty First Dates is probably his best. <coughs> I've never seen that. Well, well actually, famous people. That's quite sad. I've never seen that. That is. Oh, click. Oh, click. Okay, we're starting to get. Adam Sandler's quite lit. But like, you would not. Even if you tried, you wouldn't be able to spend four hundred and twenty million. No. Well, you could if you're Adam Sandler. I'm sure he's bought bitches. (laughs) What'd you say? Bitches. Bought bitches. Yeah. (laughs) Nah, and like it's the same with guys like Gordon Ramsay. Like you can't Mm. tell Gordon Ramsay what to do. Oh yeah. Like he'll roast you. Same with Simon I'd, I'd be scared. 
Same with Simon Cow. I'm he not. Just in, doesn't care about I'm anything. Not, he doesn't. But I'm not as intimidated by Simon Cow as I am Gordon Ramsay. <laughs> Simon Cow wears like bootleg jeans. Have yeah, you seen that? I'm sure if Simon Cow was allowed to say what Gordon Ramsay says, I'm sure he'd be saying quite similar stuff. <laughs> that is Gordon true. Gordon Ramsay is quite a loose cannon. Well, Gordon Ramsay has 220 million. Oh, Simon Cow's worth way more than that. Yeah, he's got to be. He's got to be close to a bill. You reckon? Yeah. Simon Cowell was worth five hundred and fifty million. Oh, I thought it was going to be more because he like owns. But that's still a lot. Like, I'm pretty sure he's signed One Direction. They broke up, but like. Oh really? Sure he owned their like. That's group, a bit yeah. insane. Have you seen this photo of the boot cut? <laughs> Simon Cowell is that little. <laughs> All right, we got off on a tangent. <laughs> we did. What is left? Uh, we've got the song of the year. Is that I believe it? it was. That's it. Yeah. All right. So I believe it was 1991 this week. Yep. Was it Ghetto Boys? Yeah, yeah. That does ring a bell. Something like that. I can't remember either. Oh, a tribe called Quest. Check the rhyme. Oh, check the rhyme. Yeah. Yeah. It was 1991. All right. What do you have on old ATCQ? Uh, the song was not super content heavy. Yep. It was just. Uh, two guys who had been friends for ages saying, you remember when we first started rapping together, doing that routine back on this street? Yeah. Uh, there was a bit of flex in there about like how great they are at rhyming, which was quite fitting for the time. Uh, Fife Dog was the better of the two, in my opinion. R.I.P. Fife. Uh, rip Fife. Rip the dog. Um, I really like his line, um, I'm just a fly MC who's five foot three and very brave on top remaining, no home training because I misbehave. <laughs> Quite small. Five foot three is quite that is, miniature. That, that's how tall Gabby is. Yeah, that's a little man. <laughs> I think that's how tall, tall Uzi is as well. He can rap though. Hey, uh, you mean five, not Uzi? Both. <laughs> little Uzi's more sings. Yeah. What would you say, Little Uzi is? It's like a punk rapper. Yeah, punk, auto-tuned, emo rapper. Yeah. Yeah. We saw him live. We did. Rip anyone that else that tried to see him live, but. It was like two hours late. What a bitch. Yeah, that was so shit. Well, I feel sorry for the for DJ Horizon up there. He <laughs> no, was, was obviously quite mad. He was getting... He was yeah, getting but he was, he was, you could see he was upset that he was, like... He was getting views. He was. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I really liked that, that rhyme. But I, I do think it was just more of like a fun song. Like yeah. you, you can tell that the two had like a genuine friendship. Yeah. And I think that helped it become a lot more fun. I think I yeah. like the Ghetto Boys too, a little bit more. That's exactly what I've written. The Ghetto Boys, sick name. And yeah. Weren't they in like two weeks ago? We, we talked about them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think they won that time. No. I think they were up against um, NWA, that's why. Yeah. But so, yeah. Uh, yeah, Ghetto Boys, Mind Playing Tricks on Me is the other song. That's like an iconic song. Yeah. Like a lot of people look back at that as like one of the, like the first songs. Yeah, it's like the, of, the pillars. Yeah. Yeah. But I am sad to say that the first time I heard this beat was on a Kodak Black song. <laughs> what song is it? I can't even... Transportin'. Oh, Transportin', there you go. Which is against the original message of Mind Plan Tricks on Me. Wait, what's... Tra- I don't think I've heard Transportin'. I probably have, but Trans- I can't... Oh, I'll get it out. It's literally like the exact same beat. But obviously it's about drugs. You know, transporting drugs. Wait, is this Transportin'? This is Kodak Black, yeah. Yeah, for real. Kind of black makes him bop, though. 
Black. I don't know. He is a dick. He makes some bomb. Right, um, like Codeine, tunnel vision. Codeine dreaming, tunnel vision drowning. Oh, that's three bombs. And patty cake. <laughs> but this one, it's not bad, but it's Kodak Black at the end of the day. And it's about the transportation of drugs. Yeah. So for those of you who don't know, this song is about paranoia, maybe schizophrenia. Right. Most likely caused by the abuse of drugs. Yeah. What's the guy with the eye patch's name? Bushwick Bill. <laughs> <laughs> this is the coolest <laughs> name of all time. What a meme. He's, he died recently, actually. Yeah, he did, he's, actually. He's Bushwick. Um, but he, he's he got one eye because of a, a, um, a failed attempt at suicide, oh, right. which was drew, due to a psychotic break from drug use. Right. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah. this is... They're obviously quite against drugs. Then you got a sick fucking eye. <laughs> um, Wait, that's how you know you're like a gangster like who in the rap see he doesn't care about appearance he fucking got an eye patch on <laughs> if someone comes out today with an eye patch on most likely be post Malone I'll be amazed yeah mate how are you uh, okay keep going with this and then I'll ask you a question at the end okay um, so yeah this song they're like sort of hallucinating to a point where they literally hallucinate a man who's following them everywhere yeah and, like, eventually it develops into, like, very major hallucinations. The last ver- verse, which went to Bushwick Bill, was talking about how he was walking around with the rest of the group on Halloween, and then they see the man that's following them. Right. They're, like, trick-or-treating and shit. And then they're like, oh, fuck, there he is. And that they just all start wailing on him, like, blood's flying everywhere. And then the man that follows them just disappears. Right. Then all of a sudden, his was friends a, disappear. It was a four-year-old kid. And no, he's killed a And then all the tr- trick or treating disappears, and he's just facing a wall. And this whole time, he's just been punching a wall. And his hands are sore now. Yeah, his hands are bloody. That's where the blood came from. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's actually like to think of that. Yeah, surely that's happened to him. Like, mm. No one thinks of that, right? Yeah, that was the hardest verse I've heard yeah. in a long time. Um. So yeah, it it well, wasn't this originally written by one member. I'm not sure. I don't know the the story of it, but I just I know think, that this is a really great storytelling. Yeah. Yes. Um, sorry to interrupt, but uh, Scarface wrote it. There you go, Scarface. And he did the original song, like just him. Sent it off to his record label, the only copy of it, and then they just said, "No, put the rest of the group on there." So get Bush on there. Get yeah. Bill on here. But like, and he was he was that was never returned. <laughs> so he's literally said somewhere out there, there's like. A copy of Just Me on the Song. So if you have it, please leak it. Yeah, there you go. But, um, yeah, so the fact that Bushwick Bill did uh, attempt to commit suicide, it's like giving him that last verse, the most real story-based verse yeah. going to him. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, as a kid, he did suffer from manic depression. Yeah. Uh, and it made him want to kill himself. And he started using drugs at the age of eight. Yeah. Eight years old. get drugs when you're eight years old? I don't even know how to get drugs now. But like, how... You heard that, Mum? <laughs> what are drugs? <laughs> so, <laughs> what eight, What grade are you in, in grade eight? In grade eight? You're in grade in, eight. In, <laughs> at the age of eight. Like, grade two? Grade, grade three. Grade, grade three. two, three, yeah. Oh, that's Maybe messed up. Doing drugs. If you got skipped up a couple... Could be in preschool. There's no real time limit on it. That's fair. Nah, you're about grade two or three, second or third grade. Yeah, that's insane. 
Yeah, you're a young, you're a youngin'. I got my first kiss in grade two. Mate, you're ahead of the game. To a girl named Jessica. Mate, I don't think we really knew what we were doing, to be honest. I honestly can't even remember her last name. Oh, don't ask me, mate. There were like three Jessicas in that grade, and I remember two of them, but not this one. She was a little bit crazy. Well, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think it went to uh, to Ghetto Boys. Yeah, this, this week, definitely. This week, yeah. Uh, much preferred. Great storytelling, great yeah. uh, it was everything, really. Much more real yeah. than um, yeah, A Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, I think so, too. A Tribe Called Quest just really put out a song. Yeah. Just for themselves, really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Had a little bit of a deeper meaning. And yeah, and I think we gave one to a Tribe Called Quest two weeks ago or last week or something. I think it was last week, yeah. So we'll... Even, even it out. Even <laughs> out yeah. All right, but my question is, right before we end the show, how are our predictions going for our... Oh, mate, day? I don't even remember what they are. Do you have your book here? Oh, it's in my room. I can go get it if oh, you want no, me to. Oh, no, that's okay. Do you, do you remember any of yours? I remember mine. Mine was Drake and Post Malone would make a song together and it would go number one. Yep, so far they haven't. That never happened. Well, not yet, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> MYA would release an album. So far hasn't happened. Yeah. Kanye West would release multiple albums that could happen. He's going to release one. But he's got to release at least two for yeah, it to be considered I th- multiple. I think I said one with Chance, one with Jay-Z. I think I specified. Yeah. It doesn't look like either of them are going to happen. Uh. That was my wishful thinking. So <laughs> that one wasn't really a prediction. Yeah, that's true. And my other one was... I can't remember. Oh, was it Blueface would have a song in Rap Caviar for multiple weeks? I think that already happened. Oh, I don't know. If it was. I, I remember definitely saying that on the show last year when I reviewed Famous mm. Crip before it got big. So, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm ahead of the curve. Um, but, yes. Yeah, so ahead we'll of the bell them, curve. Yeah. Get that next week. Bring it in for the show next yeah, week. Yeah, okay. We'll see. I know mine was... Um the trap would die off, which yeah, it's not, no, isn't going too well. That's not. It's going to happen for like another five years. There are like mainstream things that aren't trap, but it's not trap is dying off. Yeah, Migos haven't even released an album yet. You know they've about <laughs> released a seven-hour album. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't remember <coughs> any other predictions that I made. Oh, my other one was Drake wouldn't release an album, which he hasn't done yet. Oh, true. It was like seven oh, years. Oh, care ago. package, but. That was old. We old did agree songs, yeah. that that wasn't an album. Yeah. He's released like seven years in a row. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, it's going to end. I think that, like, the fact that he released Care Package shows that he's not going to. Yeah, exactly. So I got Because that's going to tie him over for this year yeah. for a really good album next year. Yeah. So I think go. that one might come true. Yeah, so that were my four. And yeah. I can't remember yours either. I know that that was one of them. <laughs> All right. Well, that is us for this show. Yeah. Be sure to tune in. Next week, I am going to and, be doing... Uh, two days' time as well, but also next week for yeah. the music show. Oh, yeah, true. <laughs> um, I will be doing Charlie Heat's um, Ooh, album. Okay. I don't remember what it's called. Is it called Firework? Let me look it up right now. Have you heard the song with um, uh, Denzel Curry? No. It goes hard. I'm going to play it right now. All right. A little preview. I don't know what um, what albums are releasing, though. Yeah, I'll have to send you a picture. But, yeah, right. Um. What's it called, Charlie? Yeah, Fireworks. The song with Denzel Curry goes dummy hard. <laughs> as 6 9 would say. Stupid! Yeah, I said that. <laughs> Alright. This is it. So, so Charlie Heat is a producer. Yeah, he is. Denzel Curry is obviously the rapper. 
I did not expect trumpets. <laughs> They're quite um Spanish sounding. Yeah. Oh. This is definitely my favorite off the album so far. Right? Yeah, it's heating cool. up. That he is dope. He has cool um, producer tags. That was Denzel Curry too, I'm pretty sure. On the tag. Oh! Like Diploma? <laughs> oh, I like this. Like, <laughs> That's a hard line. Wait, who is that? That's Denzel still. I haven't heard him do different voices like that. Like, obviously on Taboo he does a couple, but not like that one. So if you want to listen to that song, it's called Aloha. That's dope. Um, and I will be reviewing that. It's a really short one too. Let me um, just double check. We haven't done this before, have we? Did a what? little preview. No, we haven't. So it is <laughs> 10 tracks, 33 minutes. Really great features on here. Sci High The Prince. Oh, Denzel Curry, Lil Baby, 24 Hours, Drum. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Some really Quite mature. Stuff. Yeah. And I think that um, you're going to enjoy it. I don't think... Well, I'll leave it for next week. I'll All right. <laughs> I'm going to give it a little preview as well. Uh, in two days' time on the Friday, fun show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm bringing the food. Yep. Tyler does not know what it is just yet. Yep. I will say I've already bought my foods for... Two weeks' time. Yeah, in two weeks' time. And in four weeks' time. Mate, you're on fire. <laughs> yeah, mate, I'll play with bloody forget, probably, and I'll have to take one. So <laughs> I, I bought them. I had to buy them online. Not available in Australia. Oh, okay. So they're not here yet? No, so not here yet. So you're hoping they're here for in two weeks' time? Oh, they definitely will be. Okay. I got expedited shipping on one of them. All right, there we go. <laughs> All right, well, be sure to tune in on Friday when we eat something. <laughs> no, I don't know if I'm going to eat anything maybe I'm just too good oh, maybe but we'll see alright uh, thanks for tuning in that's a wrap <laughs>